Watch, this is going to be like Golden Corral without everybody touching your food. Okay? You're going to be able to, there's a lot that, that's, that's been going on. So just uh, bear with me and pick out what God's speaking to you, okay? Uh, one thing, the, the incredible, uh, unimaginable evil that, that has been visited upon uh, our nation this week. Uh, you know, I just, I can't even, uh, personally, as I saw the headlines of, of the brutality and the violence, um, I, I couldn't, and I, have, and I know nothing more about it than just the headlines. And I can't even look at it. Um, I, I can't imagine. I have prayed the prayers. God touched those parents. You know, I just, and, but my heart gets so grieved to think of it, if it was one of us. I, I just can't imagine the horror. And, and, and so I, I say that w- with this in mind. Um, I believe that uh, God has a divine purpose for us, right? I believe that that uh, there is a calling when you when you name the name of Christ. You, when you become a part of the body of Christ, it's not just about coming to church. God has purpose in it, and He wants us to be light to the world, right? In the world that we're in. <laughs> and so here here's what happened as that unfolded, and and uh, and it, it, there was it was so horrific. And I'm thinking, God, I cannot carry this. And you know what he, I believe with all my heart, he said to me, he said, I don't want you to. He said, I have people there. He said, I have people there. You see, for God so loved the world that he gave, right? God so loved the world that he gave. You know who's capable of loving the world? God. You know what he's called me to do? He said, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor. You know why? Because I'm capable of loving my neighbor. God can love the world. I can love my neighbor. You know, who's my neighbor? And and Jesus goes in the story. There are needs right around us that when we get so involved, and I believe it is the enemy of our soul, when we are inundated with so much emotional trauma and news and all that, we can barely have enough strength to reach out to the need that's right in front of us. So I'm, I'm, I'm just asking you to consider this. Yes, people are called to pray for those things. Yes, people are called to and bear burdens and all that. But I'm telling you, we are called to love our neighbor. And if we are overwhelmed by th- the events of the world and we, we carry things that we have no business carrying, then we don't have the strength to do the things that we should be doing. If that happened near us, I'd be all in, 100%. I'd be doing everything in, in, because I believe that the ministry of Christ is personal. When the, when the lady uh, uh, with the issue of blood in the crowd, Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? It was that close. And I I realize there are prayers that are answered as you speak them, but I'm telling you God wants us to be the answer to people's prayers. He wants to use us for that. And my my caution in the days to come is God loves the world, and I can say God touched him, but I can't 
carry that. But I can love my neighbor. So, so my advice to some of you, shut the news off. It'll keep you so emotionally spun up that you're unable to function. Okay, there's one. Ah, glad I got that out. Two. Uh, um, there is... Well, let me, let me just read a scripture. I'm going to start in, in Timoth- 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 7. It says here... Says, but have nothing to do with irrelevant and silly myths. Rather, train yourselves in godliness. Train yourselves in godliness. For the training of the body has a limited benefit. But godliness is beneficial in every way, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Train yourself in godliness for the training of the body has limited benefits anybody ever get on an exercise kick i i do every january 1st till about the fifth and that's over uh but no there there's times you know if you've ever done that do you feel better yeah yeah you know if you've ever been, and I know, I know, you know, that's a constant struggle. If I look at an Oreo cookie, I've got to go two notches on my belt bigger. It just, some, some people, you know, we struggle trying to keep weight off. And God bless you. I, I know the battle. But, but what happens is, uh, if you're not careful, right, I, I try to be careful and still I struggle, you know, wanting uh being heavier than I want to. But let me tell you what happened. When I got married uh, 40 years ago, I was 150 pounds. Soaking wet. And, uh, and so as the years progressed, um, you know, a little here and a little there, and, and, and I woke up one morning, got on the scales, I weighed 212. Now, that, you say, well, that's not bad. Well, it's not bad uh, if you're six foot. But if you're five foot six and three quarters inches, you look more like a pumpkin. So, so uh, I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. I, I, didn't, I didn't go to bed at 150 and wake up at 212. You know what happened? Uh, you know, I, I'm you know, busy in the summer, working, working, working. Along comes the holidays, Right? And the holidays, I'd add eight pounds. I'm like, man, I got January 1st, I'm exercising, so I lose four. So I'm plus four. Then the next year, one year, turns eight turns into 12, and 12 into 16, and pretty soon I'm 60. Anybody can relate? Okay? That's the way it, ha- it doesn't happen overnight. And then, so you're struggling and you're, you're trying to do all that you do and God bless you that it's worth the fight because if you, if, if it feels good to feel good, right? And uh, you say, well, what's that got to do with it? That bodily exercise, this is temporary, 
But spiritual exercise, exercising yourself to godliness is absolutely essential to your overall health and well-being. How many of you know God wants you to be whole? How many want to be whole? Okay, to do that, you don't just, it's, you don't go through the fast food lane every day and be whole. You don't do that spiritually either. Like, okay, here, I'm here, here for an hour and a half, get my go, you know, my go juice, and bam, I'm going to be good. Okay, you, you, what you're getting here today is kind of that, you know, that chicken McNuggets of Jesus. Say, what are you talking about? No, I, I'm telling you, God, you know, I, I like it. You, you get the little kids hooked on Chicken McNuggets every time they see McDonald's, they want to stop. But, but the idea spiritually, there's more to uh, being and exercising yourself to godliness. Exercising your spiritual wellness than coming and being a part of a service from 10 to 11.30. 11.15, because we want to get out there and eat. But the idea, the idea of, 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 you know, well, this is the sum total of my, my spiritual life. It cannot be if you're going to exercise yourself to godliness. What God desires for us in, in our wholeness uh, is, is for you to be spiritually alive. And just coming in the morning, and I'm loving you watching and loving having you here, but just hearing the word only, what does that do? Unless you become a doer of the word. Unless you put your faith into action. And, and to do that, uh, it, it's oftentimes is like getting on the treadmill for the first time after you put on a good 30. Right? It's like, ooh, man, this don't feel good. But if you continue to exercise and press into things that you're not comfortable with. So, I don't like, I, I, should, I should, you know, some big name preachers, they come out of a door on the, on the platform before service and they don't talk to anybody. Because oftentimes when I talk to somebody before service, I, they... We're talking about my message, not even meaning to. And I think, oh, no, they're going to think I'm gunning for them. So I'm not looking at any of you. The lights are too bright, you know. I see shadows. No, I can see you. But I'm not here criticizing any one of you at all. I just, I want to encourage you. That's the word. I want you to understand what it takes to live that abundant life. What I do know. At my age now, I know I don't look it, but I'm in my early 60s, okay? Uh, the idea, what I know that is incredibly precious and limited in my life is time, okay? Wait. It's just, uh, I think uh, uh, Sister Byron was talking about it today, you know, summer so short, the kid, you, you, the kids think, man, it's you know, it's timeless. Remember when you were a kid and it was summer, it was forever. And now, you know, it's turning May, and I'm thinking about cutting firewood quick. Right? You got getting ready because it's going to be over, and and it goes in one season to the next. But time is so limited, and I want to spend my time wisely. 
right? I want to, I want to, you know, the, de- the, the decades that I have left, I want to give to the things that I should be given to my time, my energy, my effort. And I got to tell you this to me, my spiritual well-being is absolutely wrapped up in my fellowship with the body of Christ. There is much more to being whole in Christ than coming and listening to a message. Much more. You've got... No, here's, here's... I'm speaking preacher language. The reality of it is, you don't have to do anything. You know? I say, you've got to do this. No, I'm way past the age of people telling me what I've got to do. Right? Uh, you're, not, you're not 13 or 14. You get to choose what you do. You know who gives you that choice? God. One of the greatest gifts that we got. You wonder, wonder why, why does he allow evil? I've said this before. Let me say it again. If he was going to stop humanity from making a choice, he would have slapped Adam silly when he had the fruit in his hand. Right? But he gave Adam that choice to partake of something that he said now, and it unleashed all. He knew all the evil that it would unleash. But the, the ability for man to have choice was paramount. It was important to God so that we're not robots, to, but that we love him out of choosing to love him. Now, I don't have to. I don't have to. I choose to. And, and, and you say, well, what? How can he be good if all this evil is unleashed? Because he became the very antidote for it all. He became the sacrifice that wiped the slate clean. He, 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 he secured for us, just like the, it says here, it says the promise of uh, uh, godliness is beneficial in every way since it holds a promise for the present life, also for the life to come. The only way to survive tragedy is to realize that this is temporary. What's next is eternal. Couldn't function any, with any other thought. There's no other point. And uh, so the idea of exercising yourself to godliness. Hey, man, I want to give my heart to God. Okay, give your heart to God and then begin to exercise yourself to doing the things as much as you can that, that bring about that, the, that godly uh, 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 um, exercise in your life, putting yourself in places and positions. I realize you, nobody can be at everything that we do. You know, we've got men's meetings, ladies' meetings, Bible studies, uh, uh, picnics. Uh, you know, why do we do that? Because fellowship is absolutely essential to your health and well-being. But you say, I don't like people. I don't like to be around people. Right? Okay. Listen, there are things about our flesh that we need to overcome. True or not true? You know, when I came to, to Jesus, I, I had a lot of stuff that I was carrying. That, that being uh, where 
you know, the word is being preached, and then not just there, but the fellowship of the body, it, it, it challenged me continually. If we're to be like Jesus, how many want to be like Jesus? Does he like people? I hope so. For your sake. For my sake. And so what's he want? He, well, I, if I'm going to be like him, well, I don't have to be. I can, I can sit down and eat bonbons all day. I can do what makes me feel good. I can do what, you know, what I want to do. Okay, that's fine. But it's not healthy. It isn't. And, and so the idea, if I put myself in a position where uh, it's uncomfortable because i got to maybe talk with somebody, I'm not picking on you. I can, I can feel you saying, you're, you're yelling at me. I'm not yelling at you. I'm just telling you to be exercising yourself to godliness. It, it, there is that putting yourself in places that are uncomfortable because God wants you to be whole. All right? I, I understand there is a time uh, for Jesus to pull away from the crowd and get away. There is a time for that. But you know what? Thank God he didn't live there. Right? He didn't hang out in the mountains and say, oh, this is all, you know. And I, I, yeah, I love the mountains. They're beautiful, all that. But I'm going to tell you what. The glory of God is in people. And so, and so is incredible evil. It's in people. But unless the, the, the sons of God, that light that's to the world, connects and rubs up against those that are in need, they're never going to see it. You getting it so far? All right. I'll move to the dessert in a minute, but this is like roast beef. The, the idea of exercising yourself to godly, it, it, godliness is absolutely essential. It says um, here, the, the, and this is Proverbs 18 and 1. Don't blame the messenger. This is what it says. It says, one who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. He rebels against all sound judgment. That's a book. I just I want to be alone. Okay, be, there's a time to be alone. There's a time to be, you know, separate and, and whatever it does, you know, fishing, whatever you do to recharge. Uh, but then there's a time that you ought to be around people. And what we try to do in fellowship is to make uh, uh, opportunities for you to be around people. So why are you preaching like this? Because I'm trying to condemn you to go to our uh, picnic this afternoon. <laughs> I'm going to be watching you as you leave. No, I'm kidding. But the idea of being isolated is not healthy. Come on. It's true or not true? The hermits, the I mean, they're a little bit weird, aren't they? Don't want to talk. Don't want to talk to anybody. That that that's not that's not emotionally and spiritually healthy. We are meant to be in community. We're born to be in community. We seek community. When when you look at it, why gangs flourish to do evil because we want to be in community. You know, the different 
event things that go on people want to uh be in, uh, around one another and 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 be close in proximity to humanity it's the body of Christ needs to be in community we're a community of believers not just people to show up on a sunday i mean i'm all for you showing up on a sunday do it as long as you need to i'm no, you don't have to do anything but i'm talking about spiritual health and well-being being whole being what God's called you to be. And then use it because he's filled you. It's not about you being in fellowship so that you get something. How about you be in fellowship and you give something? Imagine that. I mean, I'm all for you. Listen, I'm not, I want you to stay and eat the food we've provided. Right? I do. And we love doing it. But eventually, I want you to bring your own, and I want to eat some of yours. Right? that fair? That's not unfair. You know, this is not... Okay, boy, don't say that. Whew. But the idea of... of here's the difference. The man who isolates himself... Pursue selfish desires. Are we selfish by nature? Totally. And if I got to fight that with the time that I have left, you know, the, the time that's allotted to me, I, I, what are you going to do? I, well, I don't want to be selfish. Man, I want to find, you know, uh, uh, I, I might get wore out quicker than I used to, but I want to find uh, opportunities to be together with people. And, 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 and the idea... You know, that, that selfish desire, well, what's the church got for me? Well, there's a lot. But eventually you come into it, what are you going to give? You know, we get together in fellowship, what are you giving? An opportunity to bless somebody. You don't know what's sitting next to you and the needs and the hurts that are there. They're just a kind word and an arm around a shoulder, what that might do. You never know. Okay, a couple more things. Let me see how much time we got. Oh, lots and lots. So here's what happens in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. It says, and this, this was one of the greatest days on the face of the planet. It was the day of Pentecost when God poured out His Spirit. And just a powerful uh, um, infilling that happened in an upper room. This was 40 days uh, after um, the death, burial, or 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead. Acts chapter 2, they were filled with the Holy, the Holy Ghost. They spilled out in the street. Out in the street. He, Peter preaches the first message. He tells them the plan of salvation, that they all need to repent and be baptized. And uh, it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, so those who accepted his message were baptized. Let me pause here for a minute. Let me read that again. And those who accepted his message were baptized. Somebody said, do I have to be baptized? Let me read that again. Those who accepted his message were baptized. Do you have another question? All right. What, what are you saying? If you're going to accept his message, you know what? You're going to get baptized. What are you waiting for? You know, do it. Do it. 
They, I, we can do it. Uh, it is a powerful spiritual experience, water baptism. It really is. And so, but anyway, I'll leave that there. That was near the dessert table. Not quite. It says, and the, that day, about 3,000 people were added to them, and they were devoted themselves. They devote. Here's how they, the early church, went about uh, um, uh, creating that atmosphere that literally turned the world upside down. Do you know, do you realize history? From 12 men to 120 in an upper room to 3,000 on the day of Pentecost, to, to Here we are 2,000 years later still celebrating the event. Amazing. That's amazing. The foundation. You talk about a memorial day. Thinking about those that have, that have given and done. In, in the body of Christ, we have a, a, an incredible amount to be thankful for those that have gone on before us. So the church in its infancy, this is how they establish themselves spiritually and gain strength and health. He says, uh, 3,000 were added and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, doctrine, preaching, all of that stuff. Good stuff. That's all I need. No, it's not. It says, uh, to fellowship. They devoted themselves to fellowship. Didn't your mama ever say to you that whoever you hang around, you're going to be like them? Yeah, exactly. Water seeks its own life. Man, I got all those lectures. You're going to hang out with those guys, you're going to be like them. I want to be like Jesus. Well, you got to hang out with him. Well, you know what? If you're filled with his spirit, you're part of him. So you know who I want to hang out with? The body of Christ. What does that do? Is it always, you know, uh, pristine? Is it always just clean? No. Come on, we're human beings. But we get to exercise forgiveness when I'm with you. We get to exercise kindness. We get to exercise love. We get, we get to do all of those spiritual uh, uh, fruits of our lives, and we get to be a, you know, let that become what people see, and it, and it strengthens us spiritually. Because sometimes we're, you know, yeah, butt heads, things happen, whatever. So, oh, it shouldn't be that way in the church. Let me tell you what the scripture says it says, where there are no cattle, the crib is clean. Yeah, any farmers out here? Come on, I, ha- I used to have to shovel cow manure all the time. Daily. Raised on a dairy farm where there are no cattle. When we sold all the cows, never had to shovel again. And I was thankful. So, well, oh, there's problems. You know what? <laughs> We're people. There's always going to be problems. What we get to do is exercise long-suffering and patience, endurance. We get to love one another. You know why? I don't know if I can do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Be filled with the Spirit and see what He'll do. So the idea of that fellowship, and here's what else it says. They devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. We're going to break some bread out there. 
It's not just about a, a picnic. It's about the body of Christ being together and prayers. Make yourself available to some of it. Say, well, I, I don't even know how to pray. Get around us. We'll, we'll you know, we'll pray together. So uh, here, here's uh, just a couple more, and I'm going to be finished here. Ecclesiastes 4 9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one person alone keep warm? And if someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. And a three, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. A cord of three strands. The idea of, of strength in our life is that when our lives are, are entwined with those, not just with anybody, but with those that name the name of Jesus. I want to make effort to be around you. I want to, we want to as an assembly, have different events. Why? So well, just to have an event? No, so we can be in fellowship. So we can break bread. Why? Because it is absolutely paramount to your spiritual wholeness. And uh, so I'm going to close it with this. And, and again, I shouldn't say forgive me for all the Scripture because I better be preaching from that. But it's Hebrews chapter 10. It says, Therefore, brothers, in verse number 19, Brothers, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus by a new and living way, He has opened up. Uh, for us through the curtain that is his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That's a mouthful. I'm going to tell you something. We've come from all kinds of backgrounds. And there's some of you, well, I wouldn't even know you if it wasn't for Jesus. True? Wouldn't know you. And uh, there's things in my past you know nothing about. Don't need to. There's things in your past you hope nobody finds out about. But what happens is we are, we are cleansed. There's not one of us standing when we're in fellowship like, oh, I'm up here spiritually. and you, No, we have uh, all accessed that kindness and the forgiveness of Christ. And therefore, those of you that say, well, I don't, I don't deserve, I'm not worthy to be out there. Who, come on. You don't know him then. We want you to know him and realize that it's not about how good or bad you've been. It's about how good he is. And so the idea of, of uh, having a clear conscience is, is, uh, is you know, essential to just healthy, being open-faced to one another. I don't have to hide who I am. So it goes on like this. Let us hold fast or let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering for he, is, he who has promised is faithful and let us be concerned, get this about one another in order to promote love and good works. 
not staying away from our worship meetings as some habitually do, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approach. Let me just let you, a couple words that are in here. Right? How many believe that the, the book's true? Okay, it says, let us hold our confession of faith. It says, and let us, I like this whole let us draw near, let us hold, let us, let us be concerned about one another to be, uh, promote love and good works. Let us be concerned about one another. Let me say that one more time. Well, I am, I am concerned about my family. Okay, let me just, harsh or true? Sinners are concerned about their family. Right? I've got to take care of my family. I understand. I'm going to take care of my family. I mean, that's my responsibility, and I've got to, I got to make sure, you know, and I'm going to do that. But if that's all I do, I am no better than an unbeliever. But if I can look at the body of Christ and, 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 and encourage and promote, that's what he's called us to do. He said, let us be concerned about one another. Literal, should I be concerned about you? Should I be concerned about you? Well, we're, we're not related. I kind of think we are, personally. I mean, if, if we name the name of Jesus, we all have the same Father. So that, that, that makes us brothers and sisters. I don't just call you bro because I forgot your name. I really mean you. I mean it. The idea of, of us, us promoting and being concerned about one another ought not be some strange, outlandish idea. It's the very essence of Christianity. And, the, and he said, look, as, as the manner of some is, he said they've left off even meeting together. I'm not, there's people that have done that here. God loved them. I'm not criticizing, condemning. I'm just telling you what. You're not going to be spiritually healthy doing that. Okay, well, you get to choose. You get to choose. I get to choose. With the time that I got left, I want to be. I want to be in fellowship. I want to. I want to literally not, you know, uh, just with words, but act out the concern that we ought to have for one another. And that I, I'm preaching to the choir, most of you. Because that's gateway anyway. I mean, we do that. But it, it shouldn't, it's not like, wow, that's a real special thing. No. That's Christianity. You know, we get out, we get out here in a few minutes and we're in fellowship and we get to know one another, you know, deeper, all of those things. It's absolutely essential. So, stand with me as I finish this. If you've lived isolated, if you've lived isolated, uh, you know, you don't have to stay there. Uh, you know, there's, there's spiritual forces at work that want, literally want to isolate us from one another. Don't give in to them. You know what happens if we resist the enemy? You know what the Bible says? 
He flees. You don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to stay in the condition that you're in. And so, as I pray this prayer, if you have any need at all, um, uh, there's been a miraculous healing that took place here a couple weeks ago. A couple of them. God can do that for you. There's some that have come in here with a, with a heavy heart and just burden. Anybody ever do that here? So if that's you today, I'm telling you what, you're in, you're in a, around a group of people that believe God. If you're sick in your body, I'm here to tell you He bore stripes that we could be healed. And so we're going we're gonna to eat in a little bit, but right now let's feast at His table. Let's just ask God to touch our hearts and, and Lord, renew our minds. I'm speaking that today upon us. Lord Jesus, all that you desire for us, God, we give ourselves as your people. I willingly choose, I willingly choose, Father, to, to follow after you, to pursue you. And in doing that, it's not just me and you, but it's us. God, let us draw near. We, we do this together. I speak a blessing upon our fellowships, on every one of our meetings, that your presence would be there. God, that the gifts of the Spirit would come from so many different places as we gather together. Lord, that you're blessing and in, in, you bless the food and the fellowship that we're about to partake of. I speak to that. God, we celebrate and memorial those that have given. But today, Lord, I look to you that it's given so much for us that we could be free. Let that freedom rule this morning. Let it touch hearts this morning. Let it bring healing and deliverance and strength. I want to ask that, and I speak that in the name of Jesus. Amen. As we sing this song, if you have any need at all, come, come and uh, let us pray for you. We'll see what God can do. Jesus name.